The next generation of farmers and ranchers are taking the reins of production agriculture. Every young farmer strives to provide food, fiber, and fuel for Americans and the world while taking the best possible care of the land. However, achieving this reality can be difficult as young farmers navigate the challenges of farming while dealing with Mother Nature's unpredictable temper. That's where the farm safety net comes in. Strong federal farm policies are not only an investment in young farmers, but a down payment on the future of this nation's and the world's food security. Welcome to Groundwork. I'm your host, Tom Sell. Here to talk about the future of farming is a great young Minnesota farmer, Miss Jocelyn Schuchting. Thank you, Jocelyn, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're thrilled. So, Jocelyn, you're a fourth generation farmer, um, but you didn't start your career on the farm, as I understand. So tell us a bit more about your journey back to the family farm and maybe even then what an average day on the job looks like for you. Sure. So I started my career as an accountant. I got an accounting degree and CPA and later a master's degree. And sounds I worked at- super exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's more exciting than it sounds. Um, but I worked for a Fortune 100 company for about 10 years in Minneapolis. Um, and that, that was a great gig, but it wasn't fulfilling. And so I started my my search to find work that would be more fulfilling. And in that search, I kept finding myself saying, I want to work outside more like my mom and dad do. I want to employ people like my mom and dad do. I, I want to have a direct impact on our community like my mom and dad do. I want to see the fruits of my labor like my mom and dad do. And eventually my mom and dad were working on their estate planning and I hated all of their options. And it dawned on me that my fulfillment and their estate planning um, could all be solved in, in one career move. So that is what brought me back to the farm about five years ago now. I love that story. And yeah. you know, among those things that you mentioned, you, you also make a difference in the world. I mean, you know, we're looking right now at a, at a potential, um, you know, shortfall of food resources to meet all the needs of the world's most vulnerable uh, this summer. And, and certainly we're seeing the effects of food inflation, but maybe just talk a little bit about uh, how fulfilling it is um, to participate in an industry that is so fundamentally needed worldwide. Yeah, it, it's amazing. You get stuck on the farm some days and you feel like you're in your own little bubble and nobody understands you and none of it's going anywhere. But um, then we look at our warehouses full of potatoes. We have 200 million servings of French fries on our farm alone. And so that's serving a lot more than our community, of course. And something like the war in Ukraine really highlights that our production is making it across the world and making life a little more easy and consistent across the world, despite some volatility. So, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty fulfilling knowing that we contribute to that food stability worldwide, and that also somebody else is doing the work in Poland or Ukraine that's going to contribute to our food stability if something ever goes wrong here. So it's yeah. it's just being part of a big community where we all rely on each other is amazing. That's a great point to make, and thank you for making it. That's that's right. It's we want our eggs in mini baskets uh, as far as food security goes. So that's a great point. So as a young farmer, 
Um, maybe just talk about some of the hurdles uh, that you experienced in, in coming back. What were some of the surprises? What were some of the, um, the, the challenges as you got back into farming? Sure. I'm really fortunate that my family farm is pretty well established. I'm the fourth generation. So I could jump in and use my accounting skills specifically to add value to the farm. Um, so I'll, I'll say it was honestly an easier transition than I even anticipated. A lot of the skills that I developed uh, while I was working in accounting were really relevant and I could add value to the farm right away by analyzing all of our data. Um, I guess some of the, the troubles I had was kind of the language barrier going from corporate world to rural family business world, um, trying to explain to people why it was valuable to spend time analyzing the data so much. But after after a few cup examples of um, data I was able to analyze to show them the results of the work they were doing on the ground, they really quickly started to realize the value of collecting data, taking the time to dig through it and then turn it into something they can make a decision based off of. So now the guys got really used to relying on me to go through their data and make it more meaningful. Um, but it took a couple of years. <laughs> I bet they did. Were you surprised just how 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 big the numbers have gotten in farming uh, in terms of both the expenses and the and the uh, um, you know uh, just the cash flow uh, in and out uh, on a per acre basis was it was it surprising to you just how big these operations are at this point? Yeah, yeah. You kind of know that they're capital intensive, for example, but until you start writing checks it's hard to really have your head around exactly how capital intensive it is to farm and how much you have at risk. Um, you know, if we have a bad weather event, now I know exactly how much money we already have into that field and what we have at risk if something goes wrong. So it, it, it's terrifying in a lot of ways. There's, there's a lot out of your control in agriculture. You really have to stick your neck out if you have any chance of succeeding. And there's a lot that can go wrong along the way. Yeah, it, uh, I guess as I say, it takes money to 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 make money, and that's certainly true. It is a capital-intensive industry. We often talk, uh, even on this podcast, about the risks that come with farming and the tools like crop insurance, and there are others that can help farmers manage these risk, risks. Um, the last farm bill increased access and support for crop insurance for young farmers, in particular. I, I did want to ask just how kind of what's your perception and, and how do you all use crop insurance, if at all, or uh, uh, on your farm? One of the great things about crop insurance is it's it's purely voluntary. Uh, farmers can tailor it to their needs. Are you all heavy users or, or what do you hear among your peers as young farmers uh, as they use crop insurance? Our firm specifically does not use crop insurance. We do a lot of specialty crops and we're all under irrigation. So that changes our risk factor and the costs are different for specialty crops. So, and our our farm is again five generation deep now. So, yeah. we've we've accumulated the cash we need where we're not reliant on the banks. Um, so, crop insurance really is optional. Early on in the farm's history, when we were very reliant on the banks for our operating and equipment purchases, we were required by the banks to have crop insurance. And and without that crop insurance backing we wouldn't have had access to the banking we needed to grow. 
So historically, it was really important on our farm. But right now, um, just because of our the specialty nature of our crops, the irrigated um, specialty soil that we work with, it doesn't make sense anymore. But I know it's very important to people who don't have irrigation, for example, or younger farms that are still reliant on banks. It it makes or breaks you. It it takes out some of the burn if you have again a bad weather event totally out of your control. It carries you through to the next year. Yeah, I, I love that answer. And I, I love the fact that you highlighted the irrigation and, and other things that you can and, and do on your farm uh, to, to manage the risks that are that are so great. Jocelyn, the average age of a farmer is nearly 58 years old now. We know that these farmers are honest, hardworking, salty to their folks, but we also need to ensure that we have another generation like you ready to take the reins when the time comes. With Congress getting ready to debate yet another farm bill in 2023, what do you think the government can do to encourage and support younger farmers? And maybe what are some of the pieces of advice that you would have for Congress as they prepare for the 2023 farm bill? Farming, again, is very capital intensive. And the retiring farmer, all of their assets are tied up in this business and into the land. So even for me, trying to come into an established farm, um, I need to come up with the capital for my dad to retire basically. And, and that's, that's it's really hard to do um, through conventional banking. So I think government programs are gonna be an absolute necessity to making sure family farms can transfer to the next generation and even attracting new farmers into the industry. Um, and. I think they'll probably primarily do that through subsidized loan programs. Yeah. And, and maybe given your CPA background and experience in, in, in taxes, you know, there was a lot of talk earlier this year, Jocelyn, about in limit or, you know, increasing transfer taxes or eliminating step basis provisions. Could you talk just a little bit about how that uh, might affect a family farm uh, like your own? Yeah, eliminating stepped-up basis would absolutely eliminate my opportunity to farm. It, it would not be possible to transfer the farm's land assets from my parents who have land value basis from the 1960s to yeah. me at 2020 land value, or 2022 land values. Just the, the land values have increased so rapidly and there's several generations of deferred gain now. Um, if I have to take that tax burden in my generation, I will be forced to sell off so much land that I can't begin to farm. It's it's complicated enough to try to do your estate planning, assuming that stepped up basis will remain in play. Um, and it's still gonna be very complicated to figure out how to buy out my parents so they can have a comfortable retirement, my siblings and so on so that I can continue to farm with my husband. But uh, if, if stepped up basis goes away, it, it's just not an option. And in my farm's case, because of our specialty soil, the land would absolutely be gobbled up by a large corporation out of Canada yeah. um, who specializes in potatoes, which need yeah. our soil. And yeah. it, it, would, it would absolutely be the death of family farming, yeah. certainly my family farm. Oh, Jocelyn, I'm, I'm so glad that you you uh, 
you articulated it that way, and and it's exactly what I would have expected. Both the farm programs and tax policy are so important for actually preserving the family structure of farms in the U.S. Now, farms have grown; they're more dynamic, they're more capital intensive. There's more money flowing through. Folks have had to achieve economy of scale, but really, the difference between uh, kind of corporate farming, raising money from the outside to support uh, uh, the the farming enterprise versus the family farms that we know and that we're, we, we are the mark of American agriculture. It's such an important distinction in my mind. So thank you for, for articulating that so well. So maybe stepping back, having come back to the farm five years ago, having worked in the professional world, especially as a CPA, what do you think people in Congress should know about farming? Maybe, what are some of the biggest misconceptions um, and maybe the joys also of, of farming. There's so many misconceptions. I wish you could take everybody, Congress or public alike, one by one and get them in a tractor and show them what we're doing. Um, but the number one thing people should know is, yes, we have a lot of land and yes, we're taking care of it. And you can trust us. We have your best interest and our best interest in mind. Our goals are the same for environmental, for food production, for community economics. Um, we've got this. We're taking care of it. <laughs> I love that. Talk a little bit about just the asset, the the soil, the the, the ground that you farm. Um, why is it so important that you, that you take care of that? Well, it's obviously good for the environment and people are paying more and more attention to that, which I think is great. But it's also important to the economics of the farm. If we don't take care of the soil and continue to improve it, our opportunity to make money and pay employees and contribute to our community and grow food goes away. And it's not in our best interest to use it up and then move on, especially at uh, current land prices. It's in our best interest to take care of what we have and build it up. And that's exactly what we do. I think that's great. It is not exploitive in, in nature. It's, it is the whole nature of farming is stewardship. It's taking care of it and passing it on to the next generation better than it was passed uh, to you. Yeah, and people knew that a generation ago that farmers used to be really revered and respected um, for their knowledge of the land and yeah. environmental practices. And now for some reason, agriculture has been painted as the enemy of the environment. And I would say that's just not true. And if if you spend a little time on a family farm, which can even mean a pretty large family farm, right. you're going to see that's not true. And th thank you, Jocelyn, for joining us today. It, it is truly so inspiring to hear your passion, your love for feeding others and taking care of the land that you spoke about. And we're so grateful that we have young farmers like yourself who are willing to pick up the mantle of agriculture and help keep people fed and clothed meet the needs of the world on a yearly basis. We need to ensure that the government does its part to help provide a stable and dependable farm safety net for the next generation of producers like yourself. Again, thank you for the time with us, Jocelyn. That's gonna do it for this episode of Groundwork. I'm Tom Sell.